Hey, hey, how you doing, Lincoln? Hey, I couldn't figure out which mic was working for me here. Hey, welcome to How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection, only here at KZUM Lincoln. All right, I figured it out. Oh, look at the color uh, of the microphone. Oh, it is uh, got red tape on it, and there's red tape on the board. Boom. We got it figured out. All right, I hope you're doing well. It's a little overcast today. Man, we missed out on a good rain right one county away. I'm sure you saw the lightning storm last night and thought it was heading our way. I went to radar, looked it up, and I said, oh, man, it's moving north and east. It's going to completely miss us. But it looks like the area around York to Seward, uh, and then as that baby headed north, out of the Lincoln area. But we do have chances for rain today. There's a, a 50-50 chance this afternoon, later on this afternoon into early evening. Crossing our fingers, that happens. But, uh, hey, we'll take the clouds, and we'll take that chance of rain. All right, as I said, welcome to How's It Growing? I'm Bob Hendrickson. I'm with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Welcome to the show. Today's show highlights and honors that beautiful plant the stinging nettle so barbara salvatore is going to be calling in here in about ah, five minutes and we're going to dedicate the whole show to the stinging nettle so kick back for some armchair gardening and uh well just get inspired to go find this free food that is it's nettle season right now man it is right upon us in fact, this weekend, now last weekend, I was supposed to, teaming up with Conservation Nebraska, lead a tour at Wilderness Park on wild edible plants, including the stinging nettle. And we had to postpone that uh, from uh, last Saturday on uh, the 15th to uh, this Saturday, the 22nd. So anyway, uh, yeah, so if you're planning on doing that, hopefully you got notice of that. I think it's sold out. Um, we only had uh, room for 40 folks to go on that, but... If you're plan- if you were planning on going uh, and uh, had signed up, uh, do check in with Conservation Nebraska because we kind of moved the location on you too. So first we move the location, then we move the date. And uh, well, anyway, if you remember, last Saturday morning was pretty miserable. It was windy, it was cold, it was not necessarily rainy, but it was wet from the previous night. So we decided to postpone it. So anyway, hope you can join us uh, this Saturday down at Wilderness Park at uh, the Saltillo parking lot, 27th and Saltillo at 10 o'clock. And maybe you just show up. You say, hey, I didn't register. I'm just going to show up. We're not going to turn you away. But you had to catch all that info <laughs> in order to show up. All right, let's see. So where are we? Oh, another quick announcement here coming up. Spring Affair next week, the uh, Great Plains' largest plant sale that is coming up uh, the A- April 27th, 28th, and 29th of next week at the Lancaster Event Center. Easiest way to find out info on that, uh, where is it located at the Event Center, the Times, all of that jazz is at, you can just type in uh, springaffair.org or you can just go to plantnebraska.org or just type in springaffair2023, you'll get it and uh, find out info on that. We hope to see you there. Lots of different plants, man, it's just... uh, a whirlwind month in the plant care industry. I'm telling you what, people, uh, actually it's been a whirlwind two and a half months so far, maybe even three. Come on, let's call it three. Well, I'm excited for the show today, excited to talk about nettles, so I'll hold off talking about those. Just know there's other things out there to harvest as well, so we'll be looking at wild edibles, we'll be looking at sour dock or curly dock as it's also known. Uh, we'll be looking at ground ivy. Yes, believe it or not, ground ivy. We'll be looking at violets. We'll be looking at, um, um, oh gosh, cleavers, uh, also called bed straw. You might know it as bed straw, that weed that clings to you, right? Cleavers is uh, another one we'll be checking out and learning about its virtues. Oh man, I'm probably leaving one or two out. Oh, and we'll even uh, dine on a patch of daylilies if they're up far enough, believe it or not. So check it out. It's wild edible season, detox season, going out after a long winter and getting out in nature. You know, a lot of people getting out in nature this time of year think of morel mushrooms, but while you're out there hunting morels, maybe you get skunked, right? You you didn't find any morels that day. Well, at least you harvested some spring greens while you're out there looking for nettles, right? Or do both. Why not? Have some some creamed uh, uh, nettle greens with uh, sautéed morel mushrooms. Man, oh man, nothing better. All right, let's see. So I think that is the only announcement I had regarding events coming. Oh, I know I needed to let you know also uh, coming up on 
there's lots of plant sales coming up uh, for to support your local organizations coming up on May 6th is kind of the big day. As we talked last week, Midwest Natives is starting their spring sale on May 6th. Nebraska Statewide Arboretum is starting their sale on May 6th. Um, so check them out as well as Nebraska Herbal Society is also having a plant sale on Saturday, May 6th. So it is sale season and uh, as best you can support your local organizations because i tell you what the big box stores don't care they're just they're bringing you in the store oh why are their plants so much cheaper because they're growing their plants in in huge you know football sized greenhouses and it's basically a plant factory right and so it's about numbers and uh, replenishing that stock every week so it looks nice and healthy so when you have that kind of volume they're able to offer the plants cheaper. Sounds like a, you know, business plan for a certain industry, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah, do, do support your local organization. You'll be glad you did and uh, give them a bounce in their step to keep doing the great work they are doing. And by the way, you can join uh, the Nebraska Herbal Society as well. I encourage you to do that great group of people and they put on a great plant sale lots of different herbs there hopefully this will be the year of you planting more and more perennial herbs in your garden man don't miss out there's so many and having barbara salvatore on the program is great because we have an ongoing series called plant stories life medicines you can go to bighorsewoman.com and at bighorsewoman.com she has archived all the past shows we have done together so in one convenient one-stop shop and man i think barbara told me i'll ask her when she gets on the air but it seems to me uh she told me there were like uh 70 different plants uh maybe i got that number wrong well i'll ask her (laughs) when she comes on the show i think that's pretty cool uh that we're able to talk about that many plants so so many plants so little time in the gardening world to to get everything talked about also, this time of year, we had we talk about um, foraging. Uh, one of the things to forage, keep your eye on, are the pines and the spruce. As they're starting to wake up, too, they will send out what we call candling. Uh, their new tip growth uh, takes place uh, here in the spring. And that tip growth is what you want to harvest to dry and save for wintertime teas for cold and flu season. Um, of course, you can make a fresh tree to each his own, but those tips are what have all the energy. And of course, we just got through with the new uh, full moon, the new moon cycles coming up here right around the corner. So digging anything uh, up out of the ground is a good time to do that. Solomon seal is starting to emerge. So you, you're almost too late to dig that up for its uh, um, medicinal benefits. But man, put that on your, your wish list to learn more about too. Solomon seal is pretty impressive medicine out there for us to grow right in our own garden or forage in the wild. And by the way, Solomon seal is an edible plant. The whole plant's edible. As the top part of the plant gets a little older, it's you know kind of tough and chewy. So you want to get it early in the spring when it's just emerging and get you know those nice twelve-inch high ones. I'll just kind of snip off at the ground's base and chew on it. Chase chase like snap peas. I kid you not. It's good stuff. But of course, make sure you are identifying Solomon seal and you know what it looks like uh, before you you eat it, right? And I say that because a friend of mine uh, thought he had a bunch of wild garlic growing in his yard. And Dave, if you're listening, yeah, that's right. I'm giving you a shout out. And so he had sauteed some up and and cooked it, said they weren't very good and they gave him a stomach ache. So I was like going, hmm, is this the plant here? And so I kind of scratched the bulb, if you will, the base of that plant that he dug up, and I smelled no onion in the leaves, no onion in the bulb, and I'm like, I think what you got here is a plant called Star of Bethlehem, which is a, eh, it's got thin needles and or thin leaves that kind of kind of look like an onion plant, if you will, uh, but certainly not. And so it just goes to show you, don't eat anything unless you're absolutely sure of what it is, right? Come on, man, we got to be smart about this. All right, I got a caller on the line. This is Barbara Salvatore. Barbara, how are you doing? Good morning, Bob. How good, are you? Good morning. All right, I hope life is well with you. I heard you talk about the storm skirt in Lincoln, but it got here. Oh, man, <laughs> Three yeah. Three o'clock in the morning, and I was like, 
thunder crashing all around the house. Nice. It was wonderful. <laughs> so it didn't fall apart, which is a good thing. I didn't know, you know, I didn't follow it. Once it was past Lincoln, you know, I knew it wasn't going to hit us. I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not looking anymore because I don't care. Well, Northeast Nebraska, where you're at, I don't care, Bob. Well, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying uh, you guys were, I mean, one of the worst in the state, right, as far as drought goes. I mean, obviously, the panhandle's yeah. always dry, but still... Yeah, northeast Nebraska really was begging. So was it was it widespread or was it pretty isolated? It came up from the south, and um, I thought it was going to veer east of us, but you know we got a good soaking for about four hours, and very dramatic thunder and lightning, beautiful skies. Wow! So yeah, we we're very lucky. I was at a farm yesterday, and it was blowing dust everywhere, and I just got a goosebumps and a weird feeling in my belly <laughs> and to have this rain is just me- such good medicine oh no doubt no doubt well yeah very appreciative and so there's chances today i'm gonna you know hold out hope that we're gonna get something yet this afternoon we shall see uh, but uh, yeah it can always be worse when i tell people about the drought you know you could be again i know you you guys up there kind of ended the, the year 2022 at like i want to say 12 13 14 inches below normal something like that i think i'd heard up oh gosh in the norfolk area at least um yeah so yikes huh yeah it yeah it it's very worrisome and um you know i don't see people with their sprinklers on yet but everything here has turned green and you know it's time to get out the hoses and supplement the water if we can Mm mm-hmm yeah, speaking of uh, watering lawns, I saw this uh, last two days, this person watering their grass with one of those spray hoses, you know, like the, uh, you know, the the hard the hard spray, if you will, kind of like washing, right. kind of like you'd use to wash the driveway. Ah, right. Top watering the grass, and I'm like... Oh. Power washing the lawn. Oh uh, I did, yeah, I, 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 I had to bite my lip to not say anything because I was parked right beside her, and I, I, I was going to give her a hard time say, you got water on my car to make her think I was all upset about it, but I thought, eh, better not play that game. So I just kind of buttoned my lip and went on my way, but oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, well, Barbara, today it is nettle day. It's nettle season. It's it's uh, a, the spotlight is on it. And uh, you know, I, have you had time yet this spring to go out and harvest any stinging nettles? Actually, um, on Saturday Sunday, I went out walking by the Verdigree Creek here in my normal spots to find nettles, and they're not up yet. So. You know, I think that has to do with the lack of water as well. They yeah. really like moist soil. But um, I just saw some peeking up for the first time yesterday. So it's almost time. Yeah, it's funny. All my, I park off campus. I work at UNLC's campus. So I park off campus about, you know, block north. And on my walk in, I know where there's a patch right next to Dead Man's Run, that creek that runs through the north end of East Campus. And I, of yes. course, use that as my, you know, my marker to say, are they ready? Because this, this patch is out in full sun, right? And so it, what's surprising, though, is it emerges a little later than ones I've seen at Wilderness Park in pretty much full shade. So what's up with that, huh. first of all? But they are up. They're up to around a foot already. That, you know, really warm shot of days we had, you know, woke them up here for sure. And... uh you know, I don't know if you were listening in, talking about uh, we're having a wild edibles hike this Saturday, and I went to Conservation Nebraska's site to see, and it's not even listed up there anymore, so I'm hoping uh, more, Moira uh, com- contacted the folks that had signed up to say, hey, we postponed it until this Saturday. Now I'm worried that the nettles will be too tall, but would you tell me and others, Barbara, if maybe you list, missed the early parts, so we, we want to get them when they're emerging, you know, six inches high or less um, is, is fine, right? But what if what if I'm out in, to collect and they're already a foot high or in some cases maybe even a foot and a half high? Is it still okay to pinch the top of that plant? Oh, yes. Um, you know, all through the season, summer into fall, it's fine to harvest no matter how tall they are if you're harvesting the tips then, you, you know, you're getting the new growth with the most energy and medicinal quality in it. And once you pinch those, it often promotes the plant to branch off and get bushier and promote, you know, grow even more. So you're doing it a favor. It's a symbiotic relationship. 
it sure is. And you're certainly not hurting the plant at all. Stinging nettles will shrug its shoulders and say, see you later, human. I'm good to go. You know, you're, you're not digging the plant up. You're just pinching off the top. It will recover. You're just nibbling. You're nibbling. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be just fine. So you don't have to worry not about... Not with your mouth or teeth, though. Right? <laughs> can I... Over, you know, in other words, the concern is, well, can I over-harvest? No, you can't hurt the plant. You, you know, harvest away. The only thing you might hurt is somebody else that came upon your patch and said, dang it, somebody's already been here. Uh, been there, done that before. So to me, that's a good problem to have because that shows me that people are learning about this plant's virtues. They're getting out and taking advantage of it and getting out there in nature. All right, so so the nettle, uh, you know, so let's tell folks a little bit about the stinging nettle, I guess just kind of a, a 101 on the stinging nettle. Now, I know there's different subspecies, Barbara, and it's, it's what we would call kind of a cosmopolitan species, right? It, it grows on various continents, but... I don't know if the stinging nettle was native to North America. From what I understand, it wasn't. It was brought over. Is that what you understand? Or is there a native version of it? That's what I understood. And then I, I did read that there it was always here. And okay. like there's the Eurasian species. And then there's one that's more common to North America. And I'm not 100% sure, but I do remember reading that. Yeah, either way, uh, a lot of folks regard it as a weed. And anybody listening that's been burned by the stinging nettle, maybe you accidentally tripped into a patch, you know, oh, woe is you uh-huh. type of thing. And you, you just, oh, I hate that plant. There's no way you guys are going to convince me to eat that plant. Why would I eat something that's just going to sting my mouth, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think if all of us as children have run through a patch of it or brushed up against it and uh, sometimes even teased each other with it. <laughs> right. But, but, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, it has its own protective qualities, but it's protecting a vast kingdom of wealth and richness for us. So if we can just get past the border guards. Yes. And- <laughs> I like that. I like that for that. Yeah, if, if you knew what I was protecting, you would put cover yourself with hairs too. But we can render those hairs completely useless, right? Either drying, uh, the, the hairs are gone, they fall apart, they're like little glass tubes. And once you dry it, you can handle those nettles as much as you want. You're never going to get stung. They basically shrivel away, they're gone. And then of cooking, all it takes is a, a short blanching time. And I even read this, Barbara, where... They took uh, fresh leaves, and they didn't say if it was hot water or not. Of course, you can do a cold brew tea, which I highly recommend, but you can also just put fresh leaves in water, and then apparently that will affect the stinging hairs, meaning then you can take those fresh leaves and uh, grind them up and make a nettle pesto. And I must admit, I've never made nettle pesto before. Have you? <gasps> yes, I have, and it's really good. It's very rich and, um, you know, tons of nutrition of course is added to the pesto that you wouldn't otherwise have too cool yeah i've so. made it with lamb's quarters as well ah, cool oh i just came across a paragraph stinging nettle is distributed worldwide common in europe north america and north africa and parts of asia american stinging nettle is the most common species in north america through canada and much of the united states it this native species male and female flowers appear on a single plant and the ah. plant has only sparse stinging hairs, especially on the stem. Interesting. So what we're seeing now, what I'm seeing, Barbara, around here, at least from what I understand, is I'm, you know, I've seen the, the female plants loaded with seeds. I've seen the male plants. So am I seeing then the European one, according to what you just read? It sounds like it, right? Sounds like it. Yeah. It says yeah. the European occurs along the Atlantic coast from Newfoundland to Georgia and Alabama westward. Missouri, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Alaska. Oh, boy. So it doesn't mention Nebraska. Yeah, but, that's because oh. we're their flyover state. You know, come on, man. They had a, we, don't know, we don't know about Nebraska, and we don't really Nobody care. Yeah, <laughs> we just know it made it out to Oregon. And I imagine a lot of those plants made it via seed. The Europeans, you know, knew the plant's virtues and, and brought that plant with them, of course, because what I read, too, is, uh, you know, like what Kay Young's book, folks, that's that's a book we talk about quite often on the show. A great foraging book, beginner's foraging book yes. for you. And, of course, she highlights the stinging nettle in there that, that it was fed to livestock to sleek their coat. And from what I, what I remember reading an article, they saying if your horse was, you know, up there in age and, you, you know, your horse was very valuable back in the day, they always are, right? But, you know, yes. and you were looking to sell your horse 
they would feed the horse uh, uh, nettle, uh, like powdered nettles uh, mixed with the grain or whatever. And make it have a shiny coat. Yeah, a shiny coat and kind of give it a little kickstart in life and uh, get a better price for their horse. Do, yes. Have, I'm curious, have you ever done that with your horses? I have a good horse story. Um, and yes, um, very common to feed to livestock and often you know, grinding it into a powder that you can put on grain and corn and whatnot so they ingest it easily. Even putting it in their drinking water oh, wow. helps to infuse it into their system. And feeding it to uh, chickens makes for beautiful, lovely shades of green eggshells. Cool. <laughs> and the coat, the uh, shell of the egg is harder and stronger. So it helps all livestock. Um, I've had friends feed it to rabbits the same way. And it does... It's just so beneficial to hair, bones, nails, teeth, and helps all of those cells grow stronger. My horses, when we first got them, there was a huge corner of the paddock that came up in nettles. And I thought, oh, they're going to get into trouble with those because I hadn't had experience with horses in nettles. So we cut them all down. They were about four feet tall uh -huh. in uh, late June. And we rolled them up in a blue tarp. And the next day we came out and the horses had unrolled them with their <laughs> paws, had tugged the tarp open, and were eating the nettles from the stem. They would t take the tip of the stem that had been cut and put it in their mouth and would eat them like upside down, like work the way. Yes. So the hairs were in the opposite direction of what would sting their little muzzles, big muzzles actually. And they were just chowing down on them. So are you saying the horses could have eaten the nettle when it was up and at them before you chopped it down? They were, they were avoiding them. But once you chopped it down, do you suppose right. they knew better? It's like going, okay, yeah, uh, I'm going to eat it from the top down, meaning those, those spines could have already been kind of rendered useless, right? Just with that dry down, right. that wilting? Cool. Yeah, that wilting and softening and also because the hairs are going in the opposite direction, not brushing against their lips as they chow down on them. Wow. So then you said, okay, did you did you say, all right, I'm going to look into this a little more? Or did you say, well, you guys just told me what you what you want and uh, what you need in your diet? Yeah, they were the first storytellers about it. And then <laughs> I looked into it and read, you know, articles from Small Farmers Journal and other historical keepers that talked about, the old timers always giving them more nettles in too their cool. diet. Too cool. Yep. Well, anybody might. Well, my neighbor Mark he keeps both chickens and rabbits, and so I don't know if I've been in his ear yet about you know you need to go out for a Sunday hike with me uh, some point, and I imagine you need to to create powder. I mean, first of all, it doesn't have to be powder, right? Um, I'm assuming. No, as long as it's dried and chopped up somewhat. Okay. Um, easier for them it, you to know eat. makes it easier for them to ingest gotcha. but also it's a good thing because you can dry it throughout the winter and you know when animals are a little sluggish in winter it can be a good vitamin deficiency aid to add to their feed then awesome awesome well okay so people nettles are two things they're great food stuff they're free food stuff they're nutritious food stuff but they're also amazing medicine and you know, the way I look at it, it's a completely safe medicine, too. And, man, Pat and I will harvest a whole, you know, bags and bags of them, and then we'll do a combination of drying for teas or other uses and then uh, blanching uh, the, the nettles and then storing those blanched nettles in quart bags and so and then flatten out the quart bags because what I found is if I don't need all of those nettles for a single recipe, this way I can just kind of break it off uh, take it right. out of the freezer and break it off. Don't have to thaw the whole bag at once. Of course, um, there's certainly lots of different recipe ideas to do it with. So it's a great herb in that you can dry it or blanch it. And one thing I remember reading in casebook, she talked about when you reconstitute it. So you have your dried herb and now you, maybe you're making it into a tea or using it in soup or whatever. Once it reconstitutes, um, it's still bright green, which is rare for any green. I like she said, I don't know of any other green that you can reconstitute that has still has that bright green color. And that's because it's regarded as a it, having super chlorophyll, right? It's like so... Yes, it's the loaded. highest chlorophyll of any North American plant is what I've read. Isn't the that The most so nutritious plant on earth, in quotes. <laughs> that's just a trip. Yeah. 
That is just yep. a trip. So just like Barbara said, you know, you would arm yourself with, with uh, hypodermic needles too if you were the most nutritious plant. So it's a smart bird. But that those, yes. those spines also are injecting medicine, and we'll talk about that too. I don't know if you have any experience or knowledge on urtication. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's a big fancy word. Does that mean when you... Um rub it against the skin and it causes yes. blood to rise. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yes. It is very successfully used that way. I actually wrote about that in my books. And there's a, a scene where Maggie is run over by the wagon and breaks her hip and uses it to rub on her hip to make her feel better. Oh, well, now would be a perfect time. Do you have that handy to read us that passage? I just got it up on my screen, so yes, I can. Nice. This uh, is from The Trail, which is the third book, so it's a little peek into the future after she settles near the Niobrara with her broken hip and is healing herself. Um, Maggie stirred nettles quick and green in her fry pan, chopped it up into soup, simmered it to a strong tea, She cut it down in excess and dried it to powder for the chickens and horses. When she sprinkled nettle powder in their grain, their eggs got healthier and turned lovely shades of green. It brought on more mare's milk and glossed all their coats and feathers shiny. Maggie could pick nettle barehanded in spring until it got tall. The nettles went from waist to shoulder high between June and July. After using their medicine internally, drinking nettle tea all spring, now she could use them externally for her hip. Now they were long and strong enough to use for thrashing. She cut a handful of stems, which she rubbed into her crooked knee and thrashed against her injured hip. She shut her eyes and braced against the welting stings as the barbed nettles injected their medicine directly into her skin. She felt it draw blood rushing from inside to the surface. She felt the heat build up in her hip and soften her strained muscles grip, relaxing it. It lessened its hold on her. The nettle fire slowly subsided to tingling that lasted two days, by which time she could bend at the hip, not so stiff. Such were the results of the nettle treatments. Later in fall, she would cut the nettle stalks four or five feet long and use the stems for cordage to weave bags and baskets to make fishing nets. Nettle medicine grew strong around her, and she grew stronger with it. Uh, You really covered all I mean, so many virtues of the plant in that one passage uh, and yes you know and, and I didn't really think of it like a, a, a deep uh, a deep wound right or like you know trying to get basically with that urtication that that sting it, it gets circulation better circulation to those those sleeping tissues if you will those cold sleeping tissues yeah it literally does the blood up and through to the skin which is one of our body's ways of healing you know sometimes we get a bruise or we wonder what are all those colors are for and it's it's the blood trying to come to the place that's hurt to heal it yeah so that multicolored. yeah okay so and there's so many different herbs one can use for that and uh but but urtication I'm thinking for somebody like me, I want to try it this year, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, being a guy, a horticulturist, you know, plants, I, I'm, I'm bending over a lot, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have any back issues though, right? No, no, none at all. Or hips. No. Or so I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> thinking. So stoic, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking that, you know, that, you know, thrashing the back, you know, and so, yeah, we're going to do that. And there, there's some YouTube videos out there and stuff, you know, it, it's where the phrase, you'll get a real thrashing came from and oh god yeah i did not know that yeah 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 but it has it actually has a beneficial effect on inflammation in the body and uh from what yes. i'm reading here let's see um yeah i mean it's been used since roman times right i mean it goes back uh, a long ways but uh, the, 
long been used for arthritic joints to reduce pain and inflammation and of course uh, reduce the pain and dependence on that medication which I'm sorry is nasty stuff um, so that might be enough to change your tune about nettles um, you know but yes when I um, was run over by my horses and broke my hip and pelvis I I tried that <laughs> I went out behind the barn and did that and right away the skin turns pink and you feel the heat and the warmth it's like a Bengay feeling but without the Bengay and it it actually helped me sleep better that night so and I've used it on my wrist too like you talk about arthritic pain mm. or carpal tunnel mm-hmm. symptoms mm-hmm. I've rubbed it on my wrist and then wrapped it in an ace bandage and you know you can just feel the heat working its way. Son of a gun. Yeah, and so now I can't recall, you know, it's been a long time since I've run into a patch of nettles. Maybe it burned up my whole, I had shorts on and I ran through a patch, whatever the case may be. As a kid, I'm talking about. But you never notice yes. it as a kid. You just know, ah, I'm on fire here, man. And then it, but it goes away rather quickly. But do know there is another plant usually growing nearby Uh, Like, say you have a youngster with you and, you know, they're screaming in pain because it burns and ow, ow, ow. You can can always look for nature's healer in uh, the slippery dock or the curly dock, the the sour dock, the yellow dock, dock, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yes, yes, yes. Go on. Yeah, well, it's usually growing nearby, right? And uh, if not nearby, just down the trail. And uh, boy, dock is up and at them right now, so. And you, 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 you know, pinch that stem right at the ground and you can peel open the stem and it's got sort of a mucilaginous quality to the juice in the stem and that's what you rub or you take the leaves and crush them up in your hands and plaster those on the nettle welts as well and it just soothes it it's pretty amazing how nature gives you what you need right beside the other no doubt. Yeah, that is really cool. Oh man, I'm looking at the clock I'm looking at the clock, Barbara, and I say oh, I'm, I'm past my break time. I better... I better do some uh, station stuff here and get that taken care of, and we'll come back. So I'm going to keep you on the line. When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll highlight okay. the nettle even more. So where do you want to go from here with the old stinging nettle? Um, I want to mention the nutritional value of it, and then we can talk about some recipes perhaps. All right. That sounds perfect. Excellente. All right, Barbara, I'll keep you on the line, and we'll, we'll come back and, and highlight the, more of this amazing plant, the most amazing plant on the planet. Did I just say that? All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's the one of them. The most nutritious plant on the planet. <laughs> no doubt. All right, Barbara, thanks for joining me today, and uh, we'll be back in just a bit. All right, that's Barbara Salvatore uh, joining me. T- I'll be right back right after this. All right, that's little James McMurtry to bring you to the last part of How's It Growing. That's right, James McGurtry is going to be in Lincoln in July at the Royal Grove of all places. Go figure. All right, so check that out. James McMurtry. Looking forward to that one. Okay, uh, let's see. Where are we? Who are we? And where are we going? This is How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection. And today I'm connecting with Barbara Salvatore on our ongoing series, Plant Stories, Life Medicines. And Barbara, I... Uh, you know, I was so j- jacked up to get talking about nettles. I forgot to uh, talk about your your books and how uh, how's that going with Big Horse Woman and Maggie. Um, are I, are you still out doing uh, some promotion of your books, some readings in places that you can let our listeners know about? Oh yes, it's it's been wonderful. Um, my last reading was at the Verdigree Library just this Saturday, and we also have some of the art that accompanies the book hanging in a little gallery show. And everyone who came left with sets of Big Horsewoman and Maggie. And it's it was just wonderful. And I'll never get over the feeling of opening a box and seeing the real books inside. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. um, I'm going to be at the Beatrice Library in May. Uh, the tentative date is May 23rd. And again, we're going to be hanging art there as well. Cool. Um, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, uh, the Nebraska Writers Guild is holding their annual conference in Omaha and I'll be there and on Saturday the Ponca Tribe of Nebraska's walk run uh, diabetes educational event uh, powwow at the Norfolk gym I'll be there with my little table set up nice with books and you know 
at least once a month I'll be doing something and I'm overwhelmed by these days oh you have to launch your book and be everywhere everywhere all the time all yeah. at once <laughs> sort of thing so I'm just sort of pacing myself these are timeless stories they're not going to go out of fashion so I'll make my way to different yeah. places in Nebraska especially and I'm just really happy with the feedback I've been getting and the the Last time I did a reading, people sat with their eyes closed and grins on their faces, like just picturing it. Like I'm, it just gave me such a good feeling. <laughs> so yes. yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, that's that's just uh, just really awesome. Uh, warms your heart and uh, just good work on that. Uh, just great stuff and like you said, timeless. Uh, everything everything in there is timeless. So. All right, you will, uh, if you, yeah, so so if folks are interested, they can always go to your website, right, and probably find um, where, where you're going to be next. You probably have a schedule of where you're going to all be, correct? No, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not able to edit my own website, and I've got a list going of updates, so I should have things on there more often as a calendar of events, but they usually go on after it's happened. Right, yeah. But on my Facebook page, I'm always posting this is happening. Yeah. Um, okay, very don't good. Miss it. <laughs> good, good. Or Instagram as well. Okay, very good, Barbara. All right, well, let's uh let's let's move on to the nettle now and uh yes, you the fastest hour in radio here and uh okay, so you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the powerhouse nutritional value that the stinging nettle has, which is pretty darn impressive. And I think I read just the protein like the leaves you know, the leaves might be 90% water when you're harvesting them, maybe only 3% protein. But once you dry down those leaves and make it into a powder, uh, you know, quadruple the amount of protein that's available. So once, which is kind of a good reference of why it was fed to livestock and, of course, humans too. And one of the recipes, folks, Kay Young has in her book, Wild Seasons, which I haven't done yet on the bucket list is making uh, nettle noodles. So you make the powder first and then, Ooh. you know, you make your own homemade, just like you would spinach noodles, right? Or all the other popular right. pasta noodles. So uh, that is on pretty the bucket green list. Color. Yeah, pretty green yeah. color and tasty too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read uh, just a paragraph that sort of puts it all into one tidy package. The most nutritious plant on earth, boiled or cooked stinging nettle, Leaves are edible, the edible parts being leaves, stems, and roots. Young leaves are best, the tips of the plants. Until dried or cooked, stinging nettle leaves will sting. Never eat them raw. We've already talked about that. <laughs> An excellent substitute spinach in soups, stews, casseroles, pasta. Any way you would use spinach, you can use nettles. Leaves and roots are a vitamin-rich food source. Vitamins A, C, K, B, Minerals of calcium, iron, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, sodium. Used as a dried or powder, dried and powdered, it's a wonderful salt substitute. It has essential fatty acids, all the essential amino acids, antioxidants, traditionally dried and fed to livestock, horses through winter, dried stinging nettle meal, nutritionally superior to dry alfalfa. Wow. Nettle ash can be added to grain meals. Mm. And as we said, it makes for stronger nails, hooves, coats, thicker eggshells. Sometimes the hues are even blue. Mm. And the plant is the highest in chlorophyll on our continent, used as green food coloring. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I can attest to that green food coloring. Okay, so if, you, if you're if you blanching up some nettles or, or taking them out of the freezer and you're thawing out that bag that was blanched and you're maybe squeezing out the juice because you need it kind of, you know, juice-free yeah. recipe, right? That juice that you're squeezing out of there, man, that aquamarine color, it's kind of almost a blue-green color, just a... That, the, it's silvery almost. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's wild how how the color is. So we'll we'll make a bunch when we're blanching it. You know, we're doing you know bags at a time. You know, like grocery bags full. And so that blanching water we never change, right? We just use it. And you know, some people say blanch it for three minutes. Others say you know one minute. I tend to do the one minute because I'm like whatever I'm using this for. I know I've already rendered the the spines useless, but. I don't need it overcooked, and I don't want to 
put it in that right. boiling water for three minutes, but and then put it in an ice bath after that to stop the cooking. Drain them well, freeze them up. You don't have to chop them before you freeze them. You can chop them as you're using it in a recipe, but very simple. And then just use that blanching water. And we, because we have a big pot, and then we just let that water cool, and then we store it in gallon jugs. And if I don't have enough room for the gallon jugs in the fridge, I just freeze them. Right? Just make sure I allow enough headspace for that <laughs> for that water to freeze mm-hmm. and not pop off my cap. But yeah, and then you can pull them out in the middle of winter and use them for soup stock base and uh, great mm-hmm. soup stock base. Good stuff, which kind of leads us to recipes. So before we get started with recipes, Barbara, I'm curious if you have ever partaken or harvested nettle seeds before. Yes, I have. And um, they actually don't sting very much. But again, it's best to plop them in hot water first and soften them up a bit. But I've had them sprinkled on salads and in soups and such. And it's a you know, if you can imagine that all the power of a plant is held within its seed, they're like just little powerhouses. And I've heard it's best for arthritic remedies as well to use the seed. Mm. And when, when, um, oh, what was I just going to say? Oh, when you dry the plant, I've noticed as we were talking about the color of the tea, mm-hmm. I always get a really, a very much richer color. I don't even know if that's good English, but a richer color with dried plants than I do with fresh. And that's true of catnip and some other plants as well, mm. that you can boil and boil and boil a plant and your tea water might not have a certain color to it. But when it's dry nettles, it goes through those phases of golden to greenish to bluish to like a silvery coating on the top of the pan. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So you're pulling more out of the dry. I see. I see. And then, of course, as I was mentioning uh, earlier, one great way to enjoy the nutrient abundance of nettles is to make a cold infusion overnight and then drink that throughout the day like a delicious, readily absorbable liquid vitamin, if you will, right? And uh, Oh, it's very cooling in the summer, especially, you know, when you're in danger of dehydration or, you know, just sweating bullets. It's a really cooling cold tea to drink. And one of the reasons that... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say dipping a face cloth into it and putting that on your neck or Uh your pulse points, your wrists and your elbows um, really helps to cool you off temples. Too cool. Well, so again, you can never quite harvest enough nettles and uh, just you just got to make sure you use them. And so... What is your fav- some of your favorite recipes that you use nettles for? You had met- mentioned pesto, and let's back up to that a little bit first. So when you're making uh, nettle pesto, Barbara, are you, do you worry about the spines? Are you, are you grinding it up into, uh, you know, with your food processor, and it, that renders the spines useless, or, or what? Are you blanching it first? Um, usually I, I dip it into hot water. You know, I don't necessarily steam it or boil it at all just dipping it into the hot water mm-hmm. and then um if you wear cloth gloves as you strip the leaves off the stem mm. then you that's you don't really use the stem in the pesto I see. but you can set aside the stem and make a tea with it later mm-hmm. so you make the pesto with just the leaves yep okay otherwise it's just and you know the same measure as you would for basil or, basil or lamb's quarters or any other green too cool that you make with pesto yep yeah, but got to put that on the bucket list. Because, again, people, if you're thinking basil pesto and it's your favorite time of summer, right? It's like going, well, why wait, man? It's it's only April. Yes. You can make pesto tonight with this free plant. Yes, and you can freeze it and have it in off-season. Yep. No doubt. Well, hey, Barbara, I have a caller called in on the other line. Let me see if I can get the okay. caller on. Hey, caller, how can we help you? Well, I just wanted to tell um, her that I listened to some of her program from Verdigree on Zoom or online or whatever you want to call it last Saturday, and I very much enjoyed it because I, I was interested always to see what she looked like because, you know, you put a voice with a face uh-huh. like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. So I enjoyed it. So who please tell her that I enjoyed that. Is this VJ? Who is it? This is Vicki Phillips. I'm from Malcolm. And I had called the Verdigree Library when I saw in the Verdigree paper that you were going to be there, and she said that they were going to, I don't know, again, Zoom it on stream, online, whatever it's called. And so I got to watch some of it, so I was very excited. So Too cool. I enjoyed Wonderful. it very much. Wonderful. Oh. 
Yay, yay, Vicky. Yay. Okay, Vicky, so while we yeah. have you here, though, uh, have we convinced you of nettles? Have you ever utilized nettles before? Oh, no, never. And I, that's why I listen to this stuff. And then, of course, as soon as I listen, I'm going, what did she just say exactly what right. I'm supposed to do with these things? You know? But, yeah, she, it's always interesting what she comes up with and what people can eat and, and how they come to get all this stuff years ago and trial and error, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's just very interesting. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to think hey. about it. Who ate the first tomato, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah, it's like... What uh, is this thing? Maybe yeah. I don't want to eat that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is okay, yeah. Good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed it. So. Thank, thanks for calling in. Yeah. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Vicki. All right. Oh, good stuff. One wonderful affirmation. Yeah. People listening from afar. Yeah, that is really cool. <laughs> and it just surprises me sometimes. You know, you know, I'm sitting in this studio, looking out a big window outside, outside as I'm speaking here, and it, you know, a lot of times I just forget. Is anybody listening? And that's a shout out to you, Johnny. I know. I know. He already texted me. He'll he'll text me after so great show or whatever or. Not right. such a great show. What? No, he doesn't do that. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, it's uh, really cool to to hear those words that uh, that you have somebody that was that caught your reading at the, from the Verdigree Library. Right. These days, you can be live from anywhere. That's pretty cool. So, Bob, I just wanted to read another paragraph that I wrote out about the health virtues because we have like five minutes left. Sure. And um, if we haven't convinced anybody yet, this will. <laughs> awesome. Taste is earthy, fresh, and grassy. It's the mother of all spring tonics. Helps to kickstart your body when feeling tired. It's the best remedy for hay fever and allergies, which can be used in tincture form as well for that. For various skin ailments, including eczema and dandruff. Very good for anything with the hair, thinning hair, dandruff. Urinary disorders, diabetes, gout. Nettle root is used for enlarged prostate when there's difficulty in urination, cancer, and other harmful diseases. Tea made from the leaves is rich in iron as an aid for anemia. It's really good. Can aid with blood coagulation, the formation of hemoglobin. Mm. Can reduce pain and inflammation from both infectious and non-infectious conditions. And used for hundreds of years to treat painful muscles, arthritis, tendonitis, joint health, and overall wellness. Fresh stinging nettles are sometimes applied to arthritic, we talked about this, Mm -hmm. arthritic joints and back pain to stimulate blood flow and reduce inflammation. And I just wanted to mention the um, local name for the plant by the Omaha Ponca tribe. There's two names they've given it, Hanugahi, Ha meaning skin or hide, nuga male, and he stem, or manojiha, he, hair of the sun or moon, also translated as rope. So you, the, the wonderful thing about indigenous names is it always gives a clue to how it was used or what it looked yeah. like. And I also want to remind people when out foraging to make an offering to the plant, to thank it and its whole family. And to not just take, but to give thanks. Yeah, thank you for that reminder because, uh, yeah, you can kind of take it for granted when you're out, uh, when you have a plant like that. Uh, it's just such a special plant. And uh, it's just so cool to be able to dedicate a whole show to the stinging nettle people. And I do have to tell you that uh, my friend Brian taught me how to eat it fresh. Not that I'm going to advocate this or anything, but but it is kind of fun to just, you know, shock your friends. Try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you the fresh leaf tune on that, it tastes, I mean, it almost had a cucumbery-like taste, a very different taste than at, than when it's cooked, I thought. And, you know, obviously very what green. What was the trick? Well, the trick is taking a leaf and rolling it up into a little ball basically folding it or rolling right. it up and then you know and then now you've got you're holding it in between your two fingers as this little lump of leaf and then you just put it back between your gums or, or your molars in the back of your mouth and so you're not hitting your cheeks or anything whatever right but i found right. once it's in that little ball you kind of render it useless anyway 
and it's fun. Yeah, you've squished the hairs. Exactly, you squish the hairs and all that jazz, and it's fun to do in front of people uh, in wild edible hikes. So I'll be doing that for sure this Saturday because you get looks. Oh. Of, you get looks of shock, like <laughs> it, this dude is like crazy. Uh, that's yeah. right. You can eat it fresh too and, and shock your friends. But what's nice about it, say you went hiking and you forgot your water bottle or you just forgot, it's like, God, there's got to be something I can eat. Man, the only thing I see is stinking yes. nettles, but I have to cook them first. Well, actually, no, I don't. I heard that one nerd on the radio telling me I can eat a fresh leaf, meaning, <laughs> meaning it's going to rehydrate you a little bit, right? Uh, you know, kind yes. of help with that dry mouth syndrome. Survival plant. Yeah, survival in that sense, but. I, I saw a show of Wilderness Alaska where people were surviving, and it got me so mad because there were five teams of pairs of people, and during the four-day trek, they didn't find or use or highlight a single plant that they used to survive. And they're sitting under cedar trees, and there's these plants growing next to them they can nibble on, and I'm like, oh, my God. How, right? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but there's they did shoot something. a deer. They did shoot a deer, right? Well, they went digging for clams, and they fished for trout, and no, there was no shooting involved in this particular oh, show. gotcha, gotcha. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, our, our people survived all around the world on plants for so, you know, yeah. since... Since the beginning. Forever. It's forever, yes. exactly. Well, good stuff, Barbara. I thank you so much for joining me today and taking. I, I can't remember when you're when you're on next. I think it's in June, or is it? Did we do? Yes, a May I date? made a note of it so we could tell people June twenty first. Though we haven't chosen a plant to highlight yet. Yeah, we'll get around to that. We'll figure out who's. There's gonna a rise, lot to talk about right? in June. <laughs> we'll figure out who rises to the surface. And oh, and at the beginning of the show, real quickly, how many plants? So people can find this on BigHorsewoman.com. Uh, Barbara has archived all of our past shows. And how many plants did you tell me we discussed so far in all of our? I I heard you say about seventy, and I know, you know, we've done about thirty plants a year because wow. we usually talk about three or four, and we usually do six or eight shows a year so wow, wow. 70 sounds about right which is really amazing that's pretty cool if people go back and listen to all those shows yeah they're they'll learn a lot about the world around them no power to you folks all right good stuff barbara i'll let you go and uh we'll get it's back always to... a pleasure bob thank you so much thank you thank you for joining me and uh, get out there and get something harvested today <laughs> and go to bighorsewoman.com to hear past shows which thank you for the permission to be able to share those yeah, that's awesome. All right, Barbara, we'll see you around. Thank you so much, and uh, take care, and happy spring. Happy spring, Bob. All right, Hope bye-bye. get rain. Uh, yes, bye. bye-bye. All right, folks, that is it for How's It Growing. i got to head on out of here. Thanks for tuning in today, and thanks for joining Barbara and myself on How's It Growing. We'll see you next week right here on KZUM.